Welcome to Put a Bork in It. I am Leslie Bork. This podcast is to have honest conversations with interesting people in all spectrums of life. As an activist, I hope to spotlight the hard issues that affect society. Today is March 15th, and my guest is a dear friend of mine, Melissa Gobert. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. The reason um, I wanted to talk to you is because I know you've um, had a big shift in your life in the last couple of years, um, and I thought that your journey may be something important that another person, man or woman, but, but definitely a woman, um, may want to hear your message. Um, I read something today, and I thought of you. Um, Now, every time I witness a strong person, I want to know what dark did you conquer in your story? Mountains do not rise without earthquakes. Um, So, um, just a little backstory. I met you a couple years ago. um, And then I saw you out and about just randomly, and you had shared part of your story with me um, that your life had, had just recently changed. Um, you were married and now you weren't. Correct. Um, and as you were telling me this, I could tell that you hadn't yet quite processed it. Like what had happened to you. That's accurate. Um, <laughs> and like what had happened to your marriage, what had happened to you know the life that you thought thought you had. Um, so I, I could just see how lost you were and I remember I remember just wanting to know more about that, about what you were going through. Um, and then we became friends, and then I actually did get to know more. But do you remember what that was for you at that time? I do. I think when you and I originally met, um, you're accurate, I had been married. It was not um, the perfect marriage. We, we both worked really hard at breaking it. Um, wow. And we succeeded in breaking wow. it. But it took intention to make that happen. And there's no blame on, on one side or the other. We both could have done things differently, to be very, very honest. Um, and, and so we met at a point where I had given up maybe who I was designed to be, who I was purposed to be in life, to be a shell of a person maybe, you know, um, I was a first-time mom. I was trying to be perfect at everything, and which I, is impossible. It's as a absolutely mom. As a mom. impossible. And I'm not sure it was anything else, but as a mom, there's it's impossible. just it's not the there's, right way of doing anything. You know, agreed. Agreed. Gonna fail all the time. All the time. As a wife, <laughs> as a husband, as, a, ch- as yeah. a parent, like all of it. But I had this image, mm-hmm. and I was trying to keep the mask on and keep the image up, and. Um, Through my divorce, as crazy as it sounds, and and look, my ex-husband and I are friends, and and I'm happy that we're in a healthy place, and we are healthier than we've ever been, but through my divorce, I found myself, and and for me, spiritually, I found myself in God's definition, not Melissa's definition, and that has transformed my entire world. So So at at the beginning, I could imagine, like, you had a difficult time owning up to your reality that you failed or the disappointment in you know 
work and whatever the questions you had. You had a daughter that mm -hmm. you know now has to go through something that you didn't right. ever want her to go through. The beginning emotions were anger, pure anger, hate him, yeah, wish evil thoughts on him. Like that was the that was the beginning. But then reality had to set in of like, it takes two to make a marriage, it takes two to break a marriage. It really does. Rarely does one person just skip out on their perfect spouse, right? Like that right. doesn't happen. Right. So I reached a point where I had to look myself in the mirror. And, and I'll tell you, I, I went away in 2016 on a work conference meeting. Uh, I'm sorry, it was 2017. I went on a work conference meeting to Miami, Florida. It was amazing. I felt all this energy and all this power. My husband and I were already separated at this time. I knew what I could do with my career, but as an individual, I still was very lost and broken. And so in 2017, my, my five-year-old daughter at the time looked me dead in the face and said, who do you even really want to be in life? And dropped down from her monkey boards and ran off and played as if she had never spoken those words. For me, I felt like spiritually that was God speaking through my child That's to get all. my attention. It, <laughs> right? it yeah. rocked my world. That's crazy. To this day, there is a plaque in my office that hangs that says, who do you even really want to be? And every day I read it. And every day my answer is her example. So when that happened, I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, you've got these things about you that aren't good, that aren't healthy, that aren't loving, and I get to choose. What do I want to do with them? Do I want to change that? Do I want to be a better person for my career, for my relationships, for my daughter? And I had to really take a hard look at myself and own my flaws and my mistakes and love them and correct them and grow. Because. Don't you think there is like a baseline knowledge of, of kind of like knowing the difference between what is right for you and what is not right for you? Absolutely. You know? And we, I think we all know like this is healthy, this is not, this is right, this is wrong. Right. But then we put our will into it and we put like, oh, but if I could just X, Y, Z, or if I could just change this about this person or change this about myself or like. We do it in our business, we do it with our relationships, we do it even with our children. You know, like, prime example was my daughter this morning woke up in a bad mood and had all this attitude with me, and I'm thinking, just be nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. she's entitled to a bad day. Right. Just like I am. Yeah. It's not fun for me, but I have to give that grace. So we know right from wrong. We know healthy from unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But... Sometimes I think we get stuck in the middle and we try to control it. And when you try to control it, you, you, it falls apart. Well, right. Cause we have like a comfort zone. Yes. That we feel safe in. Yes. Um, so what do you think your, your go-to comfort zone is? As long as you do what I say, we get along. <laughs> and that's not real. That's not reality. Right. That's not reality. But I like, I like to plan. I like to know what's coming. And even though I enjoy some spontaneous life and adventure, I probably want scheduled spontaneous spontaneity, if that makes any sense. Okay, so, I mean, the, let's take your life before you were married with your daughter. So before I was married and before I had Elizabeth, I was a paralegal by trade. Okay. Um, and I was a jewelry designer. And I had reached the point where I had jewelry in seven boutiques. I was traveling all over the 
U.S. I was showing up at MTV Movie Awards. My jewelry was on red carpet. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was phenomenal. I was in L.A., I was in Hawaii, I was in New York. Like, I loved my life. Um, and, And then I started a serious relationship, eventually got married, eventually had my daughter. And I don't forget it. My daughter is my world. She's my life, you know, and and at the time I loved my husband. But for me, I lost my identity, not because anybody demanded that of me, because I chose that. I thought, oh, now you're a mom, so now you can't travel. Now you're a mom, so now you can't do the things that make your, your, you know, adrenaline rush. Like you have to sit home and be a mom. In that process, I felt like I lost my friends, I lost my career, I lost my drive, and I'm sure, I didn't want to admit it at the time, but I'm sure postpartum depression stepped Mm -hmm. in. And I think if I could speak anything to new mothers, is I loved my daughter more than anything, but I was lonely as a stay-at-home mom. I had never been a stay-at-home type person. Right. And sitting home changing diapers and rocking a baby is beautiful, but it's lonely. And I wish I would have had the strength back then to say, hey, I need some friends. And now there's you new know, mommy boot camps and all these things out there. Like, you don't have to sit home. Like, I say kudos to moms who come to restaurants with their children, even if they're single moms or, like, husbands work offshore or whatever. You don't have to sit in your house. You don't have to give up your career. You have to find balance. But I did not seek that. I just transformed instantly and drastically and got very, very, very lonely. And so then I took that anger out on my husband because I would have never taken it out on my daughter. But but that's that's the truth of like how my life transformed. Through my divorce, I found myself again. I so what found was the deciding again. factor? Like obviously you still had your daughter, right? Who needed all of you? Mm-hmm. More so now because she's away from you at times with right. her dad. And when she's with you, I'm sure. You know, vice versa, but like, you know, she just wants all of you. Um, So what was the deciding factor for you to step step up and step into your shoes? So we split, my ex and I split in November of 2016. I guess it was about March or April of 2017 that I did that conference that I spoke about Mm -hmm. where she looked me ten in my face and said, who do you even really want to be? She was very fresh into this new life for myself. And in that moment, I instantly felt like if I die tomorrow, what version of her, what version of me do I want her to remember? And it really was, do I want her to see this shell of a person or do I want her to see all of who her mother is? And I'm a strong, independent woman. That doesn't mean I can never be married, right? That means I can't give up who I'm designed to be. I can't give up who, for me, God designed me to be. He put a lot of power behind me. Right. And so I have to show that, and I have to use that. And I have fine-tuned and learned, like, it's to guide other women. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's where my calling is. That's where my love is. Like, the women are coming out of the woodworks to say, like, just... Just to have that support system, mm-hmm. just to say me too, for yeah. lack of a better word, right. me too. Right. It doesn't mean something tragic or not happened to them. It's hard sometimes to, to juggle all the things that so we juggle. So do you think the closure of your marriage and that chapter of Melissa mm-hmm. um, kind of brought out something in you that 
you deserve better, you deserve to honor yourself and be true to yourself and, and really go after for your daughter, mm -hmm. you know, for you mostly. Mm -hmm. um, and was that a conscious decision? Like, did you say, okay, Melissa, just get out of bed? <laughs> I think that's, or, or did it just transform into like stuff you were doing and then ultimately you found yourself? So I, I think step by step I found myself. I instantly knew with that one conversation with her that I needed to be her example. And that example for me was a strong independent Christian woman. Like that, that was very, very clear to me. But it didn't happen overnight. Like there was no magic fairy dust that sprinkled down from heaven and fixed me. I had to do the work. So I had to do counseling. I had to do some real soul searching. I, I've done multiple programs. I've done weekend retreats where I've literally had to go back to my childhood and peel the onion apart and say, like, here's all the ugly of life and all the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you want to do with it? And I could be a victim and I could say, oh, all these bad things happened to me. Or I could say, you know what? These things happened so that when I sit across from another woman, I can say, I'm right there with you. I've been through that too. I understand. I empathize and I sympathize. And that's what I've chosen to do with it. And that's what I choose to do with it daily. Life's not easy. Life's not perfect. I don't sit here and think like, oh, you know, it's it's not a matter of better. Like, I deserve better. Like, you know, her dad's not a monster. My ex-husband's not a monster. We just grew apart. That's right. the honest to God truth. But what I've realized is... I get one life. Mm -hmm. I get absolutely positively one life to live. And whether I have, you know, I'm 41 years old, whether I have 60 years left or three years left, I'm going to ride this life to the fullest extent so that my daughter could say, my mama loved me first and foremost. She, she loved God first and foremost. And she rock and rolled at this world. Right. Like, and maybe I inspire a few people along the way. And, you know, I, I sell houses for a living, but I connect with my clients and we have such a deeper, more meaningful relationship than just a house. Mm -hmm. And that is beautiful. I mean, don't you think, you know, if you want others to see you, you, you need to see yourself first. Absolutely. You know, so like maybe the love you didn't get or the acknowledgement you never received or whatever it was that you needed. You need to find it for yourself before yes. you can ask someone else to see that in you. Uh, and that's hard to do. You know? It's hard to do. And and we're all, we all have a purpose, right? Like, you have a purpose, Leslie. Like, you are a powerful, strong woman. And you might have a softer voice than me, but you are a powerful person. And the things that you do influence others to seek their purpose. You know, you... You bring to the table conversations that some people are terrified to have. That's the honest to God truth. Everyone's gift and talent is different. And when we embrace that, when we truly embrace whatever our individual gift is, maybe it is being a stay-at-home mom for some, and that is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's being a CEO for others. Like When you embrace who you were designed to be, you, your family, and the world they all benefit from that. So, yeah. So, speaking of life purpose, what do you feel is the concept of life purpose? And I put that in quotes because we mm -hmm. all kind of say that. Um, 
you know, like, do you, do you think we're each born for some higher purpose? And, you know, now we're on this cosmic mission to find it or, um, do you know what I mean? I do. do. I do. I do believe we were all put here for a purpose. I think you were strategically born to do specific tasks Mm -hmm. and jobs. It's same for me. I believe that God put me here for specific tasks and jobs. I think what happens is, you know, there's this plan. And if, if you believe as a Christian, your days are numbered from the day you're born, your purpose is, is there. It's for us to seek it. And we have free will. So we can you know, go this direction or that direction, and we can mess it all up, which we are very good at. I am very good at. But I think when you, when you slow your mind and you slow yourself and you reach, whether it's your inner self, whether it's your inner spirit and your inner thoughts, or whether it's something greater, when you pause and you connect with that, I believe that's when you find who you were designed to be. But then you have to choose to follow that. It's not always easy to, to follow that path. It would be much easier to follow what the world tells you you should or should not mm-hmm. do. You know, like, oh, well, you want to do this, but it will never work. It will never happen. You'll never, no woman's ever done that. You know, and I, I meet with a leadership group every other week, and one of the comments yesterday was, you know, so a restaurant opens in the same spot that 10,000 restaurants open, and they always close, and they never work. But, like, who's to say the next restaurant won't work? You have to follow what drives you, where you feel you're being drawn to. And maybe you fail, but maybe you don't. In that process of falling down and getting back up is when you define who you are and when you find your purpose. And I can only say for me, I've had to fall down a lot to pick myself back up to find my purpose for now. If you interview me in five years, I might feel like my purpose is different. But I won't know that until I go through that process and I go through that journey. You know, I read something that kind of correlates to what you're saying. Uh, we have so much more power than we know, not because we get to call all the shots on what happens in life, but because we get to decide what story we're going to tell about. Absolutely. So I feel like that's kind of what you're trying to do is to, you're not trying to call the shots on what's going on in your life. Neither am I. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of the time it just comes to me, as I'm sure you, Mm -hmm. um, opportunities or um, experiences. And then you get to decide what your story, what you accept, what you don't accept, what you allow, what you don't allow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I could go into great detail of here's my history and here's how I could play victim. Here's how I could say like, woe is me. Or I could say, here's my history and here's how that has made me decide that I won't be a victim, that I will choose a different path, a different life, choose to pour into other people, to empower them, whether than, rather than like sitting there wallowing in, in my spot. And, you know, you, you, can, you can have a bad childhood and still be really awesome. You can go through a divorce and still love your ex and, and appreciate the fact that without him, I wouldn't have my daughter. You know, like you can go through bad jobs or mean bosses or whatever and not let that define who you are. I know. I, I mean, I think I've heard somebody say or read or something, you know, whatever you have gone through in life is preparing you for what you actually have asked for. Oh, 
Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to go through the trials and yes. tribulations of, of a bunch of, you know, hard stuff. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And then you're sitting there, and most of the time, unfortunately, we don't realize we have gotten what we've asked for because it didn't come in the right. package that right. we thought it was going to come. Or the, you know. I, I, I'm shaking my head yes to you because that is where I find myself since since February of 2016. I'd always been a Christian, but in February of 2016, I truly submitted my life to God with so, no so giving. So let's talk about that, about you being a Christian. What does that so, mean to you? How, how so you? as a little girl, um, I was fortunate to have neighbors who went to church. My parents did not. They did, bring, they did not bring me up in, a, in any sort of religious environment. They believed in God, I, I think. I, you know, they did, but, like, it wasn't taught. So my neighbors went to church. They would invite me. I was young, and I fell in love with God, and I would say, like, I hear God speak to me, but I'm not going to be a nun. Like, I always threw out these disclaimers because I didn't know what it meant. But you, you think you and, actually heard God. Oh, absolutely. And I, I still do to this day in prayer. And to explain that to someone who has never experienced that so sounds I have crazy. never experienced that. It doesn't sound <laughs> crazy to me. But, you know, I I have been searching for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I talked a little bit. Um, I wanted to save it really for now because I have been searching a long time and waiting for that aha moment right. with God. And I hear other people have it. And... Um, I don't think I'm tuning it out. I don't think I, you know, I just honestly don't feel like I've had that moment. But mm-hmm. you say you have. Um, I have. It's impressive. <laughs> Many times throughout my life. Yeah. I, when, and when I say I hear him, it is not an audible voice like you and I. Right. No, it I is an all-knowing. No, yeah. There are words in me that I did not put in me. And I can tell you example after example. The the primary was my my five year old saying, "Who do you even right. really want no, to be in life?" Like that's not yeah. normal terminology right. for a five year old. But there's been times where I've I've made really bad decisions, really foolish decisions. And and one of the times that I know I heard God, I was I knew I had I had done some foolish things, and I very clearly heard Him say, "You are better than that." And what more beautiful words would you say to your own children? You don't have to ridicule them. You don't have to put them down. You don't have to beat them up. But, like, you are better than that. Better than X, Y, Z. Breaking the rules. Breaking the law. Getting See, drunk. Whatever. Right, right. Filling I mean, the like, This is where I feel like I'm, I, I differ from you because when I have those moments, which I do often, um, I feel like it's me waking up the next morning, looking in the mirror, saying, you are better than that. Like, I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's in it's an outside right. force that's like, and, there's, and I'm not saying you have some, you know, thing coming over you, a power coming over that's mm-hmm. like, um, or a cloud over your head that's speaking to you. Um, I just feel like it's me having to, so is that reality check? Voice? Does that make sense? Or, so for me, it's like different. It's more powerful. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say this because even though I, I know better, take for example, like you were better than that. Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done xyz last night right. like maybe i shouldn't have been so foolish right um there's that reality check but then there's a deeper one that just moves my spirit and moves moves my soul now i seek for me like i seek a relationship with god daily i seek those answers i seek that guidance because it's been in me since i was a little girl but here's the crazy part about what i do so i'm a real estate agent I sell houses we should talk about houses, right? I will show up at appointments with clients. There is no reason for God to come into the conversation. And my clients out of nowhere will ask me to pray for them. 
My clients out of nowhere will ask me to take their hands and pray for them. They will text me and ask me to pray for them. They will call me and say, I'm having a really rough day. Can you be here for me? Like, I sell houses. <laughs> but if, if there's not a God present, right. why do things like that happen? And it's more and more and more. The more I submit to God, the more I say, use me, use me. And look, there are times that I say, use me. Oh, wait, God, not like that. Like, that's that's yeah. not how oh, I meant it. Like, I don't want to get that deep into religion. Like, I just want to kind of surface level. Yeah. But when I submit and when I hear him, I end up having conversations like this. Like, how do you know that it's God? And there's no black or white answer to that. It is different for every individual. At the end of the day, it's faith and it's hope that there is a God or that there isn't a God. And it's not a right or wrong. I respect you no matter your belief system. And I hope you truly know that. Like, I love you as a friend. And I hope to God that that everyone follows the plan he has designed for us. And we all, like, have this dance party in heaven one day. But at the end of it... We all get to choose. For me, I can't break away from it. And and even though I had always been a Christian, it became very clear through me throughout my divorce. The peace and the joy that comes with me submitting to God, I have never, ever felt in my entire life. In the worst of worst of my life, when my husband and I were splitting, I can remember having a conversation with him or an argument with him because he was upset with me. And he's like, why are you so happy in the midst of this? And I literally said... Because my joy doesn't come from you. It comes from God, and it always has. You know, through my divorce, I led my divorce attorney to Christianity because I was an example of, like, God's always provided for me, and he always will. And it's just been compounded since, where there's women after women after women, and a few men, but mostly women, that have come to me. And it's, it is not me. I am not that good. I do not have that much power. So if it's not... Well, you are that a good. A higher being. You then are, who is it? You are that good. But um, I know, I know. like, when I, when I did first meet you, you were with a different agency or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and then you switched over. And um, and so, you know, I spoke with you the other day, and you were just telling me the what you reaped from mm-hmm. in your business. Mm-hmm. For your, you know, from, for your business. Um, right. And you feel like it is because you just have trusted God to, to do that. I think it's you. I think it's two things, honestly. I think I was at an agency that was great, and I, I will never say a bad word about it. I, I think the branding, I think what they have to offer, I think what they bring to the table is great. But I needed more than what they had to offer. And by me going to District South, now I have all this technology. I work with millennials. I work with the best of the best throughout the you know the Acadiana area it's when district south was formed they went after high high producing agents and when you surround yourself with for lack of a better word like perfectionists or Mm go-getters or aggressive Aggressive people people. or forward-thinking people you benefit from that so I've benefited from that environment it does I've benefited from the environment I've benefited from my marketing directors I've benefited from being around millennials. Like, at 41, I can learn a lot from a 20-something-year-old, and Mm -hmm. I am blown away by their knowledge and their skill and their technology. And, you know, I do pray over my business every single day, strategically pray over my business every day. But I do the work. God doesn't bring clients to my doorstep and be like, here's all this money and here's all these clients. I have to do the work. And I do. I do the work. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
but I am blessed to continue to work with, with good coworkers, with good clients, and just in a healthy environment. And I think more importantly, you know, for me, Leslie, like I've learned when something's not healthy, it's okay to break it off. Mm -hmm. And if I stay just because of money, I'm doing myself an injustice. So I don't stay now because of a paycheck. If it's an unhealthy relationship, I'm going to respectfully let it go and move on to the next. I mean, I, and I think, you know, nothing should define us, um, you know, whether it's exactly a relationship or a work job or a friendship or whatever it is, um, you know, to know yourself for it, to say, this is what I need, this is yeah. what I deserve, this is where I should be, right. and I'm going to go after it. Absolutely. And that's hard because a lot of people need a safety net. Right. You know? And you don't want to hurt people. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want exactly. to hurt people. Like, I'm so sad when I have to right. go in a different direction, maybe. Like, But at the same time, I, we're not designed to please every single person on this planet. If, if you do that, you're not... You're not going to grow. Bending your wills to <laughs> please everyone, and then right. you're not getting anything out of it. Right. So do you think, um, I like the word manifesting, mm -hmm. you know, um, manifesting your desires, manifesting your dreams, your, you know, uh, success. Do you think you have manifested where you are right now? Uh, yes. Yes, I think I. I mean, I mean, like, did you like, you know, consciously like, saying, Melissa, let's let's, let's go. do this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's and every morning. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. You know, I went. My business has doubled for the last three years. Like literally, I look at the numbers, and my business is doubling, 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 doubling. And. I'm very aware of what my schedule looks like. I'm very aware now that I'm a single mom of what that looks like. And I purposely fill my day with what's going to be productive, what's going to help me as an individual grow mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, you know, all of that. I calendar, like every single month I set a goal of how am I going to grow me? And maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's propelling off of a building, maybe it's taking a vacation to regroup, but every single month, I, the first thing I schedule, my daughter's schedule is set. The next thing I schedule is, what am I gonna do to grow me? And that has to stay a very, very high priority. So what do you do for self-care? So it's, it's reading, it's journaling. I have journaled since I was a little girl, and I do two journals. There is one that is for me that no one will ever, ever read that is very yeah. deep and personal, and that's where the dirty and the good goes. Oh, yeah. And I then I journal for my daughter since I was pregnant. So the day that I'm no longer here, she will have a box full of journals to hear my words, to hear my guidance, to hear her stories about the first thing she ate, her first steps, like all of that. So. I want her to always have my words, my handwriting, my, my guidance throughout the rest of her life. So there's two sets of journals. Um, that is huge for me. And like I said, I've, I've written since I was a little girl. There are times that I just write fictional stuff because I love writing. And every now and then I'm like, oh, so maybe I'll write yeah. a book. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'll stuff that in the box. Um, so, so travel, for sure. Mm -hmm. Reading, for sure. Journaling, for sure. 
I am not afraid of therapy. I have done I a lot therapy. since my divorce. I love therapy. Communicating yeah, exactly. with just other people or people who could give you tools to deal with. Right. Yeah. So I, I have a counseling group that I love. Um, and and for me, you know, it's religion too. It's church as well. And and if I don't take that, if I don't do those things, I can't service myself. I can't service my daughter. I can't service my clients. I certainly could never have another relationship or at least right. not a healthy right. one. So for self-care, I used to feel guilty. If, if mommy took a 10-minute break, I felt guilty. If I went and got a pedicure and left my daughter with her dad, I felt all this mommy guilt. And now I'm like, I'm a better mom. If you stay with mama or daddy or whoever, well, I go yeah. read a book or take a, get a pedicure or go get coffee with a friend. Like, I no longer feel guilty for taking care of myself. And for so many years I did. And I, I think if I could scream from the rooftops to every first-time mother, you deserve a break. And for me, I didn't believe that. For me, me, I felt like, no, you don't. You just had this child, and you need to do everything for this child yourself, period. And I wish I wish that first-time moms would say, you know what? I love my baby, but I want to go get a coffee. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, yeah. Right. And, and for women who don't have help, because, look, that's where we were. We yeah. had no in-laws. We had no friends that were willing to help. We had no nothing. It's tough. It really, really is. I didn't either. I was in New York. <laughs> so, two babies right. two. what do you even do with that? You know, like that's. I remember tough. I used to go to the gym and, and put them in the kids' care and just like sit on the couch and be like, I don't feel like working out. That's <laughs> awesome. And I love you even more for that. I'm going to sit here and like not have And to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is, exactly. I love that. Yeah. I wish more women. Could be okay with those things like yeah. we don't always have to be flawless right we don't always have to have full hair and makeup and perfect boring. jobs that would be so boring it like, would who, be it, and it's exhausting it's exhausting and yeah. it's not it's practical perfect. it's not and people really that's what i find the more self-deprecating i am or the mm -hmm. more that i'm just honest and true and whatever i write and however i feel or mm -hmm. if i fall or if i this um, I think people relate to that. Absolutely. I love what you put out there. And oh, I love yeah, when yeah. it's raw. Like, but right. here's the thing, like, and you're going to have haters. You are going to have haters. I'm going to have haters. Everyone's right. going to have haters. And that's okay. Whereas sometimes we think, oh, well, I should change to please that one person or those 12 people or whatever. Or, oh, let me make it better. Let me private message them on social media and, like, make it better. Like, you don't. You don't have to so you have a seven-year-old. I have a seven-year-old. And I have a seven-year-old. Yes. Girls. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> uh, so how do you want to teach your daughter that it's okay to not not be liked by everyone, not be mm. cool, not to be, or, or to be cool, but right. maybe someone might not think you're cool is the coolest. Or, uh, that is a is. wonderful how, question because literally this week we had to go buy new shoes. And she wanted Jojo Siwa pink glitter shoes with the bow on the side. And she, I think she, um, got, them. <laughs> she got them. Yes, I think I saw them. But she has been teased before by older children at school about liking Jojo Siwa. So I said, hey, I don't mind buying you these shoes, but what happens if a big kid teases you? And she said, I don't care. I like them. And I said, as long as you can own that and be confident in that, 
We gotta rock on and buy these shoes. Now I am learning with her. She doesn't care what the fourth graders say, but she does care what the first graders say. So literally this week we had a conversation about she doesn't want to bring a princess thermos to school because she doesn't want to be teased. And you know what? That is part of growing up, and that's okay. She still loves Barbie. She still loves princesses, but she wants to keep it at home. She wants to keep it private because she doesn't want to be teased. And that is an okay decision. As long as she knows, she doesn't have to stop liking them because other people don't like them. If she doesn't want to bring Barbies to school or whatever, that's fine. Because she's not strong enough for confrontation, if that makes sense. For sure. But yeah. I hope to teach her that there will come a day where they might not like the way you look, the clothes you wear. Like, I mean, we have uniforms, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. There's going to come a day where she has to face conflict head on. And I hope by having a very strong dad who is very, very firm in what he chooses to do as a career and as an individual and a very strong mom who chooses to do where she's led and what I do as a career and as an individual, that she has that too. But doesn't give you a right not, to be a jerk. It's not a jerk. Yeah, for sure. No, <laughs> but it does yeah, give cool. you a right to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I want. And if you don't like it, Cool. We can agree to yeah. disagree. Just like Democrats and Republicans, yeah, right? Yeah, you can disagree. Sure, sure. But if you can't respect me, then we can't be friends. If you can't respect me, then I'm not going to communicate with you any longer. And That's boundaries. It's healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. Yeah. Which is another therapy program I did. All right. So we're going to close up. But um, if you could give me five words that you think describe you right now in this moment. Mm. Five. Okay, I gotta think about this. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Um, I have a sip of wine. Five words. Christian, open, loving, kind, and powerful. See, that was an art. <laughs> Those would be, and I would have not said that Three years ago. Um, but yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to come and, you know, for you to come and speak to me. Um, is because I am trying to spotlight extraordinary women that are doing amazing things. And honestly, it wasn't because your job that right. you're amazing at. Um, and I could do that if I wanted to. Oh, here's a great real estate agent. Right. I should like, buy her house. No. You know, go. It's not what I want to. I don't want that on my tombstone. I don't right. want to like, she's no. And I think it's <laughs> more important because um, I followed you for a few years now. And um, just watching you, even from afar, mm -hmm. evolve as a person, as a woman, as a human, as a Christian. Mm -hmm. All the things that you uh, would want on your tombstone. I, Absolutely. I would hope. Um, I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. And yeah.